Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rush coming. Mahomes floats it. Wide open. Kelsey. Touchdown. Kansas City. An incredible combination. Mahomes to Kelsey. And the Chiefs are running away with it. Anthony Heron on 670 to score. Second hour, kick it off here on this Super Sunday, super-sized Super Bowl edition on 670 the score. And if we are having anything special happening on a day like this, what better guest to get on the line right now than my guy, your guy, our guy, the very one and only Jason Goff with me here on the score. And I, I suppose I'll do a quick sponsor read here. The The phone hotline is brought to you by Al Pamani Ford. Since Jason Goff is a guest, make sure we get that Al Pamani Ford recognition in there. Mr. Goff, happy Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday to you. How you doing this morning, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I, when I heard our guy, my guy, your guy, I was like, who the hell coming on? But then you said me. So I was like, oh, good. What's happening with you, brother? How you feeling? I passed you in the hallway yesterday, a couple days right, ago. Right, man. Now, talking to you now. We, we got to stop meeting like this, bro. How you feeling? Hey, man. This, this, this is the only way I can get you on the phone. So I mean, oh, hey, let's that. just. Don't do that. Don't, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Uh, you know what's so crazy, man? I, I was hoping. I was hoping. Because, you know, you and I, we don't talk like we used to, right? Uh-huh. Right. I was hoping with all of my heart. I was rooting for the Seahawks all season long. Was, yeah, was, right. This, this yeah, is right. the moment. You know, I was looking forward to February. What's today? The 7th. I was looking forward to February 7th where Pat Mahomes, because you knew he was going to be there, right? I was looking yeah. for. Yeah, yeah, I was looking forward to him. And then your favorite, a guy that you, if I'm not mistaken, is earmarked as the greatest quarterback of all time and Russell Wilson. I was waiting for him and Russell to finally get a chance to be on the same stage, on the same dance floor, and party together. But lo and behold, you know, some old dude uh, used to be playing Boston. Now he's playing in Tampa. He found his way there after being only in the conference for one season. One Came season, through and man. just took the conference from the man. So maybe next time for Russ. And uh, we'll sure we be sure to see Pat Mahomes there for the next two three years though. So you know maybe next year, man. Maybe next year. And so for the, for the folks who may not have heard uh, one of my exchanges <laughs> like this before, where where this is born from is that after after Pat Mahomes had played, I, I guess it was approximately sixteen games in the National Football League. Jason won golf where he's at on Twitter. He he made the case to me that this was the the greatest human sports legend of all time. I said, can I at least give it one more season? Can I see him do it for multiple years before we just anoint him the best oh, that we have ever seen? Jason Goff, in his, his foresight, said that, no, it is not worthy. It is not necessary to wait until that moment. I have seen all that needed to be seen. So you, you are correct. He, he is now the best in the business. I just I wanted to, well, neither him or Aaron Rodgers, but I at least wanted to give it 
a couple oh, of years before yeah. going there. So where would you put him in the echelon of, of human beings that have ever walked planet Earth? And see, I'm glad you mentioned the human part because only Secretariat can be put ahead of, <laughs> of the mastery of his craft that Pat Mahomes has been able uh, to, to, you know, to, to, to encapsulate over the last three years. I mean, you know, you go to a you know, couple Super Bowls, you know, you, you have an MVP. I mean, first three years or so, it's a, it's a decent start to the career. But, you know, that's not why you called. I know why you called. You wanted to get me on here so I could say something crazy so you could save it forever. <laughs> and feel free to do that. We got some time. Feel free to say something super crazy. I, what, oh, dude, I got I got a lot. I got a lot pissed up for you. You know. <laughs> well, what what strikes me, man, in looking at tonight, where obviously the quarterback's going to be the big part of the storyline, and yeah. you know where Tom Brady is not like in in a one off game or one off season. Tom Brady is not the quarterback that that Peyton Manning is or that Aaron Rodgers is, as far as just playing the position at its peak. He, he, in a one-off sort of scenario, is not that. But the totality, the body of work, is like we've never seen. And it seems that where Aaron Rodgers is maybe the, the best physical specimen, or at least had been until Pat Mahomes mm-hmm. came along, Aaron Rodgers is the most physically gifted quarterback we had seen. But he's not winning anywhere near the Tom Brady level. And to the point you were making a moment ago, it seems like maybe Patrick Mahomes combines the two, where he has got – everything you could want at the position like Aaron Rodgers does while also being in a scenario with a franchise and surrounded by talent that can allow him to win at that Brady-esque level. Is, is this the beginning of watching that play out? I mean, I hope so. Like, for our sake, I hope it is. Like, I think sometimes we get, not sometimes, all the time, because of the nature of the business, we get caught up in the comparisons and is he better than this guy? And then we start doing cross-sports comparisons. And I've gotten to – to the point now, and you know, in my old age, at the ripe old age, it's forty now. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten to the point now where, man, I just want to enjoy it, bro. Because yeah. how many years? Like there was a chasm between that Jim Kelly, Randall Cunningham, Dan Marino. Like remember when we used to watch the quarterback competitions back in the day, right before the Super Bowl, and it'd be eleven Hall of Famers on the field. Right, right. There was a little bit of a chasm there from that, from from a little bit of a you know a, a, a departure from that to when we saw like the Donovan McNabb of the world and all those guys start to filter into the league um you know and of course the eli ben philip you know brady crew but this generation man if you look at these quarterbacks you said philip in there like philip rivers yeah. no you know you know i know that's your man no that's your man i had to throw him in there <laughs> but we look at these dudes they're like lamar and, and Pat and Josh Allen, like these dudes, there's, there's a new crew, and he is just head and shoulders above the new crew. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I hope that injury doesn't befall him. We've already seen him, seen him undergo a knee injury, but this, this, this is the kind of talent where the comparisons and all that other stuff be damned. Because how many great careers are we going to sit back and 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 kind of rake over the coals and try to find flaws in instead of appreciate appreciating it, right? Because luckily for Pat Mahomes. Tom Brady isn't to that Jordan level of deity when it comes to NFL culture, because when it comes to LeBron and some of these other guys, Kobe, you know, Michael Jordan is always going to be, you know, omnipresent over the league. Whereas with Pat Mahomes, you know, football, they next, next quarterback up, next man up, next great player up. And he's that next great player. So I'm glad we don't have to do all of that. We're going to do some of it, but I'm glad we don't have to do all of it throughout his career. Chicago Sports Royalty, Jason Goff here with us on Knock Chicago Sports Radio, 670 <laughs> The Score. 
He is on Twitter. I think you can find him at Ellsworth One One Golf, if I'm not mistaken. There, uh, breaking down all kinds of things. You obviously <laughs> had to get it in. You uh, obviously you can see Jason on his Bulls coverage over at NBC Sports Chicago pre, post, podcast, all, all the things that they cover the Bulls, and you can also hear the games here on the score. So in between watching Jason golf, listen to the Bulls coverage here on the score, mm-hmm. but with with the Brady end of that discussion of the great QBs, then where, where did like you mentioned, he just came to the NFC and immediately he's in the Super right. Bowl again in the NFC. Do you view, cause we've had our Brady discussions over the years, mm-hmm. seeing this at 43 in Tampa, does this have you view Tom Brady in any, any bit of a different context, watching him do it away from Belichick in new England? I mean, I thought he was the greatest. Uh, I, I fought the greatest thing last few seasons. Right. Mm. But He's the greatest man. Like you can't, you can't go to the Super Bowl damn near every other year in your career and not be considered the greatest. Um, he's done it. He's done it uh, in, in a myriad of ways too, right? Like he's been the guy that had to throw 450 times in a year. He's been the guy that handed the ball off, you know, early on yeah. in his career. Um, I, I, I don't know if you can master the craft with the gifts that he has, right? Like. He's not Pat Mahomes arm-wise. He's not Lamar Jackson you know, with the legs. But everything that he needs to do, he gets it done at a super premium level for 20 years. Like, you know, we talk about – like, I've talked to you about it, right, and, and, and how fleeting NFL moments and careers are. You, you know, one injury or one, you know, disagreement with a coach, and then all of a sudden you're in a doghouse and they're going to replace your ass the next year. Like, you're one <laughs> moment like that away. And he has been able, at that position, like the star position in all of sports in this country, at that position to be uh, the, the, the pinnacle, uh, at the pinnacle all 20 years. Like when we met Tom Brady, it was because Mo Lewis detached Drew Bledsoe from his soul. <laughs> and we have not stopped knowing him since, right? So I, 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 if you don't like him, if you do like him, whatever the case may be, you know, I think people know where I stand on him, but you got to respect it. You got to respect it and check it, right? And nobody's checked it for 20 years. And that that's where you reference the the way he's evolved throughout his career. Well, obviously, physically, LeBron in the NBA is, is superhuman. Tom Brady is not right. physically superhuman. I think his traits for the position are a little bit under underestimated, underappreciated. Right. But, right. but the way he's evolved at his position to me is akin to the way LeBron has had to become a completely different basketball player now than he yes, was sir. 18 seasons ago. And that's just astounding because you, you really don't see like pro athletes can get better, but to just really be a, a different player through all these different phases of <coughs> decades of dominance, it is, it's really a rare feat. You don't see pro athletes really able to do that. It's changing your greatness, right? Like if you, if you get to a point where you could be great at something and whether the situation changes, you need to change the situation, whatever the case may be, you can evaluate what you got and then change it and then be a different great. Like, if I'm not mistaken, he led the, the league in deep balls thrown this year. And in, in terms of air yards, mm-hmm. I mean, Bruce Arians, we know what his system is, right? Like, you're going to drop back and you're going to take big shots, right? And it didn't work for Jameis Winston. I won't even say that because Jameis Winston – 
you know, he, he did throw 30 touchdowns. Right. He 30 picks as well, right? Like, you know, <laughs> and there's a reason why Sean Payton is like, no, 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 no. Let's keep him around and not go with the Taysom Hill experiments that everybody wants us to go with. Like, there, there's a way to, to change your greatness. And to see this offense and this team, and mind you, they didn't have Antonio Brown and some of the other pieces uh, that they have this year. But to see this offense be mastered at a level like Tom Brady's master, and let's let's keep it funky. Like that second half of that game that we saw in the NFC Championship, he was trash. Like he wasn't he wasn't that good. So uh, they're, they're obviously some of those things are going to take over. But you know, just watching him, man, watching him. You know, you don't know how many times you're going to see it. I, I know he wants to play till he's 45 or whatever the case may be, but. Yeah, you you got to remember these moments, especially a game like this one where you've got uh, what could be the greatest of all time and what is the greatest of all time at the same position playing against each other in the biggest game in our country. To take a step back, when I I first came on the air in the previous hour here, I was just kind of recounting a bit of of Mm -hmm. 2020 and and what we, I guess, as a a society, what the NFL, just professional sports in general, kind of the ebbs and flows that got us to this point. And I, I pretty much felt like once the NFL determined for sure they were going to play, they were going to go until somebody died. I, I didn't think they right, were just going right. to say, ah, we're not sure if it's safe enough. Let's call the season no. off because of positive tests. I just didn't know if somebody was going to die or not. Fortunately, no right. one's died. So we have the Super Bowl tonight. At what point would you say there was a point where you got confident that, that we would end up seeing a Super Bowl take place tonight? Um, up until today. I wasn't confident. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you, man, because you know Tom Brady or Pat Mahomes uh, comes in contact or has a positive test. You, know, you think we play in this game? Like, <laughs> right. you know, what I mean, like, right. um, and, and and especially now what we're seeing in the NBA. Uh, this is the reason why they they haven't planned the second half of the season yet to to figure out how much mm. season you can get through. Um, I, I gotta be honest with you, uh, and and you and I. Hell, the last time we talked was on the air, kind of, you know, in our everyday mm-hmm. capacity, was the Big Ten tournament. Right. And last year's Big Ten tournament. And I said on the air, I don't think that they should be doing this. And a couple hours later, it was canceled. It wasn't because of me, but it was, you know, yeah. obviously, you know, the, 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 the results came back and it was like, we can't do this right now. Uh, in a time where it's, you know, the numbers are still the numbers. Uh, they're going down, but obviously, you know, you look at the hospitalizations and the cases and everything around the NFL, like these big events, I did not think were going to take place to hell. I did not think we were going to have sports this year, but maybe that was me being a doomsday guy or thinking that, you know, this this country was at a place where it was going to be too scary to do it. Um, you know, money, uh, money, money is uh, is is a, is a is the indicator, right? Money is, is the thing that's going to tell you the truth. And the money told you you got to get your ass out there and play. And that's what these guys have done. It's the reason why I haven't really been keen on college sports this year, to be honest with you. Uh, and, like, watching it and watching what the, what the participants um, have to be exposed to and obviously the circumstances before COVID, I was not happy about in terms of these kids not getting paid for their names and likenesses and images and all that other stuff. But yeah, I, I'm surprised that everybody pulled it off as well as they did. But there, you know, there's some there's some tough stories out there. There's some singular stories. Hell, we watched one last night in uh, in Orlando with the Bulls game. I mean, Mo Bamba came on and played his ass off in that fourth quarter last night. But Mo Bamba is a dude who had COVID back in the summer, and he struggled. Right? I mean, here, mm-hmm. Yoan Moncada. I mean, he's obviously a noticeably different player. So, 
you know, we celebrate the fact that these seasons can be pulled off, but there's, there's some individuals who have been uh, greatly affected by this disease, you know, and that's why when we talk about it, you know, we got to talk about it in terms of individuals and peoples and not, not you know, experience it in the, in the sense of cases, right? Because when we think of it as cases, it just seems like it's somebody else that you really don't have to worry about. But I'm surprised they pulled it off. I'm surprised they're here. I'm happy that they are here, but it was um, it, it was a daunting task to say the least. And it's one of those situations where we we really won't know the the full the full cost of it that that's being right. paid right now for a few right. more years because we, we right. don't know the long term impact of any of these things yet from right. a, a medical perspective. Continuing our discussion here with Jason Goff on a Super Bowl Sunday here on the score. Uh, along those lines with, uh, you know, the ability the players had to opt out, and some obviously did, you know, Eddie Goldman here in Chicago with the Bears opting out. And so that was a part of the storyline for certain teams this year where key players like the Patriots and Cam Newton. Cam got COVID during the season, never played the same again after he came back. But even before the year, they had a bunch of guys opt out. And so now we go into, from Chicago's perspective, the final year of – well, I'm calling it the final year. Who the hell knows? But I'm saying final year where at least I think Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy need to be viewing it as their final season of auditioning to run the Bears operation moving forward. In retrospect, I, I think I, I kind of get why why the McCaskies, why Ted Phillips, you know, whoever, all the people are involved in the discussion, as opposed to giving somebody else Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy's final season say, all right, you guys are out of here. Somebody else gets your final year. There's only so much a new regime could have come in and changed and adjusted to try and do something new and fresh. They say, you know what? Let's give Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy their final season to see what they can make happen here. Through that lens, what's your, what are your thoughts on where things sit with the, the quarterback market and any adjustments the Bears can try to make with that? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy it's a crazy situation because you, you give somebody their final season, right? They give them, all right, we're giving you a chance to clear things up, but you only get one year. And then in that, I would ask, all right, so you're going to let me do what I want to do in this last year, or you're going to keep the franchise away from me and act like I'm going to be locked in the attic just watching football things happen, right? Like, what? how do you allow it? How do you allow somebody to dig themselves out of the hole if you don't give them a shovel? And the problem is, are you going to give them all the money to go get the shovel? And and that's the, the capital right now is what we're talking about. If, if you're going to go get Carson Wentz for whatever price it is, are you cool with the people who haven't been able to figure out this position the last three years, four years, whatever the case may be, trying to figure it out one more time so you can let them go and then give them somebody else's mistake? Oh, give uh, somebody else their mistake. So I, I, it's a – it's a tough position they've gotten themselves in. I, I think that all the Carson Wentz consternation obviously is, I don't want to say prisoner of the moment stuff because he's been, he's been bad, but he's also been behind a bad offensive line and in a bad situation. I guess you hope, you just hope that, because, you know, we've all had bosses, supervisors, whatever the case may be, where you don't see eye to eye, and if you're not performing with the same conviction because of that departure in a relationship that, you know, obviously that's on you as a person, you need to be a professional, but we can't act like it doesn't matter. So if Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz weren't seeing eye to eye and then out of, out of nowhere, Jalen Hurts is the, the, the starting quarterback. Um, yeah. I mean, things are going to be tenuous at best, but to fire the coach and have to trade the quarterback. Like, I, I don't know what's happening with Philadelphia. I just don't think that, the Bears should be in line to overpay for anybody or anything at this point. All right. Wanted to make sure I got your 
your football thoughts, but I'm I'm curious from from a Bulls perspective before before we get out of here. I, I was worried, I guess, coming into the basketball season, how everything played out with, with the White Sox on the south side, Tony LaRusso and everything else. I'm like, all right, I thought the White Sox are still going to be a fun team to watch. I just think we'll have to kind of just swallow some things to get to that point mm-hmm. of enjoying them during the baseball season. But now I'm not certain. Are the I was worried, are the White Sox going to be the only fun Chicago sports team as we see it in 2021? Or are, or are the Bulls kind of doing enough with Billy Donovan here where the Bulls are, are going to be fun? Like last night, they had the big win after the big loss the night before. Are the Bulls fun right now? Hell yeah, they fun. They fun when they get the ass kicked. They fun when they win. They fun when they lose by five. Like, I, this is this is a you gotta understand. And like, you know, the, my my Bulls fandom arc over the last five years has kind of kind of changed a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, there was a moment there where I was like, I'm done, though. You can have this, right? And then I saw what happened last year. I'm like, ah. This ain't good. This ain't like I, I, you know, all the things that got expressed to me when I first got the gig, and then I was like, yeah, I'm gonna say what I need to say, and they're like, cool, do what you gotta do. And then that first that first month or so, people was like, ah, we hired to say what you gotta say, dude. And, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but but this year, this year is a little different because. Um, one, there's organization, there's structure. Obviously, Billy Donovan is a, a different tier coach than Jim Boylan is. And uh, also, Jim Boylan was just doing what people told him to do to keep a job, to be honest with you, right? So um, all the blitzing of the defenses and, and the weird offense and the late timeouts and all that other stuff, this this is a, a, a fresh new relationship that, <laughs> that Bulls fans have cozied up to. Uh, obviously, there's still some things rosterized. I think there's a lot of pieces that are talented. I just don't know how they all fit. And that's how you get to 22, 23 wins, right? So uh, Billy Donovan has showed his team that, you know, nobody's too good to not share the ball. Now the issue is nailing it down on the defensive end. And, you know, I'm all about the all-star campaign for Zach Levine, but I don't even think he is going as hard as everybody else is, right? Like he has to answer the question if it's asked, but he doesn't want to seem like the dude who's worried about all-star games. It, in this time, this team is sitting at, what, 9-13 and 13 now? This team could easily be 500 or a couple games above if they did the little things. So that will be what these next 20-some-odd games is about. Like, the fun part for me is watching the development. That's all. Love it. Better watch it on NBC Sports Chicago. Better listen to the podcast, the Bulls Talk podcast, and certainly yeah. – Listen to it right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. Hey, Mr. Hey, Golf. Before you, before you launch me into the atmosphere to never be talked to again for another six, seven months, mm-hmm. I will say this. Yo, Tristan works. Uh, you know, I was kicked out a lot of offensive linemen, but, yeah. dude, this entire – like, these are the things I miss talking to you about because that dude <laughs> – I don't know if I saw a better right tackle all year long. So, uh, shout-out to Iowa and shout-out to your – you know, your alma mater for kicking out uh, one of the best in the game already. No doubt. Go Hawks. He is, he's a physical marvel, but it, it takes more than that to be good at that position. And yeah, as man. a rookie, they, they got some stuff figured out technique-wise that has him looking like one of the best in the business already, no doubt. They're going to win tonight, ain't they? Uh, I don't They're going to so. win tonight, ain't they? I, just, I, think, I think the Chiefs are like what the Dubs were a few seasons ago in the NBA. I just I, I think there's just too much offense potential uh, available in Kansas City. Uh, and they all beat up on the line. 
You know, Vita Vea is back. I'm I'm worried, and I'm worried, bro. I'm worried. Uh, this is this is a community meeting that we're gonna have to have. Pat Mahomes goes down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you at the meeting, brother. All right, I'll be there. Appreciate you, man. My man, appreciate you. That is the one and only Jason Goff with us here on the score. Love to get your Super Bowl memories when we come back here. I'm gonna share a couple of mine, just whether on the field or off. Things that stand out to you as we get this, what we weren't sure if we were going to get it, but it is here. It is Super Bowl Sunday. want to share some memories with you and have you share them with me at 312-644-6767. We're taking you up till noon here where Mully and Hall will take over with a special Sunday edition of the Mully and Hall show leading up to pregame coverage and then the Super Bowl itself. Super Bowl 55 will be here on the score this evening. I'm Anthony here. We'll take a time out. want to talk to you. You can text me as well. Your Super Bowl thoughts, your memories. I'm going to share some of mine on the other side of this timeout on the score. Our goals for the season are to make the playoffs. Ginn awaits. Cook gets a high spiral. Fielded by Ginn at the 18. Clock begins. Three seconds left. Two. Ginn to the 40. Time has expired. Ginn is tackled. And the haze in the barn. The Baltimore Ravens are Super Bowl champions. Woo! Let's bust out the crab cakes. Let's feast. <laughs> For the Baltimore Ravens radio network. Bust out the crab cakes. Okay. You would imagine that one was probably in the holster. Just waiting to utilize that one at the proper moment. I guess once the Super Bowl championship had been determined, that would have been the proper moment to do so as the Ravens were crowned Super Bowl champs yet again. And I think there were a lot of memorable moments on the field within that game, but certainly the one that stuck out most between the 49ers and the Ravens was one of the great, one of the most renowned Super Bowl memories of all time. And that's one of the things I want to discuss just as you're preparing for today for Super Bowl 55 and whatever way you're gearing up right now, I'm sure we're all kind of in, in retrospective sort of mode here. Think back a little bit. What are some of your your biggest and best Super Bowl memories that you have? I'm going to share a couple of mine. Love to hear from you out there as well at 312-644-6767 and uh, WBL, WBAL in Baltimore uh, with that with that highlight that we played for you a moment ago that Mike Rankin dug up for me. But for me, uh, you know, that Super Bowl memory, that was from 1998, or the, the one I'm going to talk about is in 1998. That one that just played was from 2013 from the Super Bowl between the 49ers and the Ravens, Joe Flacco uh, versus Colin Kaepernick. And you had the, the Harbaugh brothers going at it. There were a lot of things from a matchup perspective that were noteworthy. But, of course, the lights going out during the game is the thing that that particular Super Bowl will be most remembered for. The fact that within the New Orleans Superdome, everything went dark. And CBS was live on television covering the Super Bowl. And they just had to, what's known in the industry as vamp, for quite some time. And I actually, while, while I was watching bits and pieces, you know, like I usually would sort of never miss a Super Bowl and you know, it would be kind of glued to the television. We, we unfortunately had com- some, some grave family circumstances going on at the moment. So I was watching a lot of the Super Bowl from a hospital room at the moment. And we did at one point, me and my wife, we, we left to walk up the street to grab some dinner, at least grab, grab some food, and then we were going to bring it back to the, the hospital where we, were, where we were hanging out. And I remember we walked out to go get the food. We hadn't even ordered it yet. Got there, ordered the food, and we're walking it back. 
And throughout that entire time, I'm just I'm glancing. There's a few TVs along the way, and I'm looking up at different television monitors and seeing that they're they're in this this sort of studio esque vamp mode without knowing exactly what was going on or why it was happening. And it was just extended over this period of time. Like, man, this is either the longest commercial break in the history of planet Earth, or I don't know what's happening. Like, how can the halftime show be taking this long? And so it was actually kind of after everything went down and we got back to the hospital and seeing that, oh, the the lights, like, I just, I didn't know the power outage had occurred. I didn't experience it live with everyone else. And so I kind of had to catch up with the news cycle on that. But that particular Super Bowl, certainly the, the memorable moment there. One other one, the, the, I referenced 1998. I looked up real quick as far as an on-field moment, a moment from Super Bowl action. My formative years as a, as a football fan, a lot of that were spent watching John Elway lose Super Bowls. And for me, like the, the kind of current, I guess, encapsulation of physical potential at quarterback, in some ways, Elway in the, the late 80s and throughout a lot of the 90s was the physical dynamo that wasn't quite able to get over the hump. And he had the, the size and the mobility and the arm strength and a franchise who, who was sort of on the cusp repeatedly and just couldn't quite get it done and kept losing Super Bowls. And so watching Elway sort of on the back nine of his career in 98 and that helicopter run that John Elway had where he's just doing what he can to, to try and pick up the first down and still got a, just enough mobility in his legs. And I just remember just jumping up, screaming, losing my mind, me and, and some of my Iowa teammates just watching that play out as we watched the game live. That was an on-the-field moment that really stuck out to me. We got some folks on the phone line here who want to chime in with a couple of Super Bowl memories as well. And the score listener line is powered by BetQL, Bet Smarter and Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL. Dot com. Let's get to Adam in Rockford, who's got a Super Bowl memory for us. Adam, how's it going? What's up, man? Thank you so much, first of all, just for having me on. And also, man, every single time that I hear you on the radio, every every time that you are on Celestial Radio, you always kill it. And I just I, 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 I have to put it out there that seriously, as far as a player, you know, that's that's whatever you've moved on to a different stage in your career and you've done very, very well. And it's according, man. Um, you're, you're really, really good at analysis. And I love listening to you. Uh, that is very nice of you to say, Adam, the check is in the mail, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> so you got a, no, no, you got a no. super, Bowl. <laughs> I'm, I'm very you're, awkward you're, with compliments. So thank you. I'll just, I'll just transition it. Yes. That's very nice. of no, you. You, you got a super bowl memory no, for no. us. Yes, sir. I do. Um, and it's so easy. Um, but it is the one that I think that everybody that's around my age, I, I'm about 33, I'm going to be 34 this year, but I think everybody that's about my age remembers. It was about 2005 going into 2006, Devin Hester took one back to begin the oh, Super yeah. Bowl against the Colts. And um, that particular memory is so, it's so palpable because it felt like you, you just put somebody on ice in the first seconds of the game. And obviously it, it never ended up being like that, but, but to have that crystalline clarity, to have that guy take that back in the first seconds of a Super Bowl, um, I, I just think it resonated so much with everybody who had watched not only him, um, but, but just the Bears who was watching the Super Bowl. They knew they weren't supposed to kick it to him, et cetera. You know, <laughs> exceptional thoughts by Tony Dungy, you know, multiple, you know, almost decades after the fact. 
but but it just still seems like that was not supposed to happen. It did, and it and it remains something that that continues to you know be be thought about every time that we have to harken back to a Super Bowl. But but again, man, thank you so much for having me on the show. I love the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Adam. And a great great call right there. And then Mike Rankin, he actually played it for us a little earlier in the show. That Devin Hester kick return, man, to to just to literally kick things off with the Super Bowl between the Bears and the Colts in that fashion. It it reminded me a bit of uh, 2002 when my Hawkeyes, when Iowa went to the Orange Bowl to face USC. And it was still in the very early stages of the, the Kirk Ferentz era there. So it was the first time Iowa had won. It shared a Big Ten championship under Kirk Ferentz. They went to the Orange Bowl to face USC. And a lot of folks thought going into that game that really this should be the BCS title game. It shouldn't be Ohio State, Miami. I win USC are better than both those teams. And C.J. Johnson uh, ran back the opening kickoff of the Orange Bowl for Iowa, and all of us are just looking at each other like, hey, this is going to happen, man. Look at this. He ran back the opening kick, and it was the same vibe for Devin Hester running back the opening kick of that Super Bowl against the Colts. Now, the rest of the Orange Bowl was not very competitive between Iowa and USC. There was just that first glimmer of hope, that first combustible moment, and then everything went downhill from there. Wasn't the case for the Bears. The Bears had a legit shot to win that game in the rain. But Peyton Manning, Tony Dungy, the Colts, they they did. Bob Sanders, Dallas Clark, they all did just enough to outlast the Bears and make that win happen. Three one two six four four six seven six. You know, seven. Anthony, right there, right there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, real quick, I know we're talking football, but mm-hmm. when it comes to Chicago sports moments and something that you don't see too often, how about Game Seven of the World Series, twenty sixteen ah, of Dexter yeah. Fowler's first at bat, a home run, <laughs> top of the first inning in Game Seven for the Cubs, and you know, obviously the the story. Down three games to one, they fought back. Game seven, that was that was unbelievable. The difference between the two, obviously, beside the sports, is the Cubs won. So yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a it's a happier ending to the way things went down than either of the other stories we were sharing here earlier. Phone lines still lit up here. We will we'll take our final time out of hour number two. We'll come back and keep this portion of the discussion rolling though. Your memories from the Super Bowl, whether on field or off. Certainly have been controversial moments that have happened off the field during the week of the Super Bowl that stand out in my mind a little bit, but certainly highlight-style moments that have happened on the field as well. So i got a couple more of mine. I could share Mike Rankin, I'm sure, has some that he would share as well. But also you out there on the phone lines. I see Alex out in Deerfield who's on hold right now. We'll take a timeout, come back, get some more of that in. We'll have Solomon Wilcots of NFL Radio who will be with us at the top of the next hour. But – Going to spend the next few moments with you after this break. I'm Anthony Hare. This is a special Sunday edition, a Super Bowl Sunday edition here on The Score. Taking you up to noon where Mully and Hall will take over for a couple hours. You will get an afternoon edition on Super Bowl Sunday of Mully and Hall. They'll be with you for a couple hours, taking you up to Super Bowl pregame. And then, of course, this evening, the big game. And since I'm not promoting anything, I can call it the Super Bowl. I don't just have to call it the big game. That'll be with you this evening. You'll, you'll listen to that live right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're going to wait towards the Super Bowl here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Anthony Heron taking you up till noon with Mully and Hall. We'll take over with a special edition of their show, number one morning sports talk radio show in Chicago. A special Super Bowl Sunday edition. We'll be on for a couple hours starting at noon as I finish up here. But we're sharing Super Bowl stories right now on the score. 
I was talking uh, about one on the field that stuck out to me earlier. One off the field, when you think back, and it, it's it's crazy because I'm I'm 41, and so I guess I'm at an age now where there's adults who who don't have the same memories I do. So you know, I'm not old old yet, but I'm old enough where there are folks out there who think of the 90s as being a really long time ago. And 1999 was a Super Bowl that had some of that, I referenced some controversy like leading up to the game that we've seen at different times in Super Bowls past. And some of you probably remember Eugene Robinson, one of the defensive backs from the Atlanta Falcons in a game that they were going into in in the Super Bowl that happened in 99. And Eugene Robinson got arrested for solicitation the night before the game, like one of the leaders on the Atlanta Falcons, a high-quality safety going into that game. And the Falcons were taking on the Denver Broncos, who had just won the Super Bowl the year before. And the Falcons, they weren't necessarily thought to be a team who should have been there because they had upset the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC Championship game. And after that, the Falcons were dirty burdened their way through the regular season. It felt like they were a squad with momentum. And Eugene Robinson, one of their defensive leaders, gets arrested the night before the game. And you know, I think in the end, Denver was just a better team anyway in that game. But it certainly seemed to be, if nothing else, a story that really kind of dominated the coverage of the game throughout that game day just because of how shocking it seemed in that moment. So sharing Super Bowl stories, whether on the field or off, as we've gotten to the, the precipice of this game we're going to watch tonight and that you're going to listen to right here on the score. We got Alex out in Deerfield. I uh, want us to talk Super Bowl memories, Super Bowl traditions, Alex, you got Anthony Heron here on the score. What stands out to you? Absolutely. Um, man, I'm remembering the days, you know, and I remember XLI. I, that, that brought back a bunch of memories. Like, wow, yeah, the run back for the touchdown and that uh, kind of disappointing loss. I mean, there's been injuries all over uh, Bears football in the past, uh, like, you know, almost 30 years, you know, since we'd won the Super Bowl in 85 and, it's tough. It's tough to look at uh, those types of things in Chicago sports and remember, you know, if they were healthy, maybe they could have done different. But I'm still thinking about uh, today a little bit and, like, how the Bucks are going to do and how the Chiefs are going to do. And, oh, it's been fun, man. Like, I read a little uh, – they got a little flavor thing on NFL.com for, uh, hmm. like, you know, people who don't want to bet on the game. They got a survey. And go out there and like kind of see uh, you know how they're quizzing us and how they're pulling and that part's fun, for, especially for gamblers. And I feel like uh, it's going to be one of those exciting games, but it'll be a little bit different, you know, because there's no one over there really except uh, you know people that are supposed to be there because of the COVID thing and the pandemic. And you know what? Like looking back on how I've done business uh, here in Chicago with uh, my family, just nothing but traditions and like new happenings sometimes uh more old sometimes more new this year uh, we're all kicking back in the little uh downstairs area we got the big tv and we're all gonna have food like we do every year and it's just gonna be uh you know one of those things you know we're gonna watch football right. and we're gonna have fun I like it. I like it. And it definitely should be an entertaining game. I'm, I'm hoping that you and your family will enjoy it. Respect the way that you're, that you're doing that, too. Appreciate the call. Alex at 312-644-6767. Yeah, I mean, for, for me and my family, we, we tend to keep it kind of low-key during the Super Bowl anyway. We're going to order some food. Haven't really discussed the menu with certainty yet. I tend, for whatever reason, I like, you know, bite-sized snacks and then to have an entree at the end of it because I'll just kind of snack throughout the game. I don't know how you tend to handle that, Mike, but I'm a snacker. I, I like 
I like some. I'm not really a chip and dip guy normally, but I'll probably have some queso dip at some point just so I can kind of be on the move while I'm watching the game, snack on some of that, maybe sliders and or wings. And then at some point in the second half, then I'll sit down and have something that would resemble like a full-on entree. But I like to do a lot of snacking, like leading into the game. How do you normally oh, get yeah. down with your food? Oh, yeah. No, you speaking spoken like a true veteran right there, Anthony. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm with you. you know, I'm munching on whatever dip. I think we got sour cream and onion dip uh, with uh, some, you know, carrots and celery. You know, it's not necessarily okay. healthy, the ranch-type dip, whatever the, right, the mix is. Right. So that's good. But we also have buffalo chicken dip that I have waiting in my fridge that I prepared yesterday. So I'll tell you what. If anything else, I got buffalo chicken dip tonight waiting for me at home. So if the game stinks, at least I get to enjoy my food. Got out ahead of the game. I respect that. I respect that. Uh, let's get back out to the phone lines here before we go take our final timeout of our number two. Mark is out in St. Charles. Let's talk some Super Bowl. What's happening with you, Mark? Hey, Anthony. Good morning. Mine, uh, my memory was it was a football squares happy ending, not like Eugene Robinson, but uh, in 2000, um, because uh, those uh, touchdown between uh, the Titans and the Rams didn't happen, I won four grand. And uh, <laughs> but the football square gods got me an old three because that last touchdown that was scored, I lost twenty two hundred bucks. Ah, so overall, sounds like you're still up. So things could be worse. Things could be worse. Yeah, at least one. Totally. Yeah, yeah. So that's good then. Things could be much worse as far as the Super Bowl betting goes. And I know that Joe O has been talking about it throughout the week on his show and others, the variety of prop bets that are going on. is not exactly my specialty, but the squares thing has come up a lot. I've never done the squares deal either. Whatever combination of numbers you try to have at the end of each quarter, I guess, is how it works. It just, you know, I, I, I don't mind casinos. I've never place to sports bet. I don't know if, if I assume squares are considered sports wagering. I don't know if, Mike, if you're much of a sports better, if you know what the delineation is, like are, are squares considered? I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. you're betting on something that actually has something to do with the game. So that's considered a sports bet, right, even though you're not going to a sports book? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you're putting down something um, based on an outcome that you don't have the control over. And, I mean, that is that's fun. I participate in the squares, too, but just for fun. I understand the whole betting thing, too. I'm just terrible at it, so I don't do it. But, yeah, no, it's fun to do on Super Bowl Sunday for sure. Right, right. And that's such a – I mean, I don't know whether it's the, the length of the national anthem and, you know, what color the Gatorade's going to be, all the prop bets. Those at least – those do entertain me. The you know the outcome of the game itself is going to be what it's going to be. I've, I've said it a couple of times here. I'm picking the Chiefs to win the game. I don't know if anybody cares about an exact score. I think if it's still, if the line on the game is still like three points, I think uh, Kansas City, I feel like they will cover the three points. I don't think it's going to be some 20-point blowout or anything. I just, I think the Chiefs are going to win the game. So anybody out there waiting on some betting advice, that's that's what I got for you. I'm picking the Chiefs, and I think they'll cover. Do you, that's uh, the best I can do. do. Do you also pay attention to the national anthem timing, whatever, it's like a minute 58 over under sometimes? No, like usually, you know, someone else will – you know, will tell me about it or reference it to me if I'm, you know, doing an appearance yeah, somewhere else. You. And, you know, it'll be a part of the topics that might come up. But, no, I'm not going to have a stopwatch out paying close attention to it. But I'm sure Twitter will react. And so if I surf Twitter at a certain point, I know folks will be discussing it. And, you know, I don't, I don't have any issue with it. I do wonder the national anthem singers because, uh, you know, whether or not folks are throwing the game or – you know, kind of swinging the odds of a play or dropping a pass on purpose or whatever because gambling gets involved in that. 
who I haven't even looked up who's singing the anthem tonight, but you know, whoever that is, I wonder if they're paying attention. Like if whoever bet on how long the anthem's gonna go, it seems like it would be easy enough for them to just put a whole bunch of money down since they're the ones singing the anthem or recording the version of the anthem that's going to get recorded. And who's going to hold their feet to the fire about it? It's not like they're an athlete, but it does end up, you know, it can swing major money in either direction. So I wonder how closely something like that ends up getting watched yeah, for somebody it looks who's like, not actually a competitor on the field. It looks like it's a duet being performed. Grammy-nominated artist Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Church. So there you go. Okay. Um, I'm sure they'll be just fine. Can't tell you I've heard of either one of them, but I, I'm sure they'll do a bang-up <laughs> job on the national anthem tonight. Um, well, let, all right, let's take our final timeout. we got Solomon Wilcox coming up at the top of this next hour. We'll see whether or not he's placed any money on the national anthem for tonight's Super Bowl. But certainly, get his thoughts on the game. Break down the action we expect to see. Solomon of Pro Football Focus, of NFL Radio broadcaster extraordinaire. So we would take a timeout, come back, talk to the man himself, Solomon Wilcox, right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 